Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Well, good morning and welcome to Real Life Church. We are excited for Missions Sunday today to hear all that God has done through our missions team will continue to do as he speaks to you today. Go ahead and stand to your feet, whether you're with us in person or joining us online, and let's worship God big together today. Sturdy man. 
awesome praise this morning. Yes, what an honor it is just to be able to worship with you guys this morning in this place. And just to hear all that God is doing through this team. We're excited to share that with you today. My encouragement as we sing is just to give it to God today. Open your heart to him.
reflect on what our missions team has done. I love that whether you need him to move a mountain or you need to go out onto the water, it takes faith in God. And so whatever he's called you to today, lift it up to him in faith. My soul will rest in your embrace. 
we just come before you today and let that be our prayer this morning. Let that be our heart this morning, God, that, that we will just be open to go further than we could have ever imagined. That we will just be open to hear your call. And that we can just be bold and we can just go further than we ever thought possible, God. You're so holy, God. You, you deserve it, God. And there's a world out there, not just our city, not just our state, not just our country. There's a world out there, God, dying. There's a world that feels without hope because they don't know you yet. And I pray, God, that there are those of us that are online right now or here in the room or just hearing this some way, God, that, that we could be a part of that yet. God, help us to be bold. Don't let us leave this room the same as we walked in. It's all for your glory, God. We just, we sing your praises, God. Not just, not just with music, but with our lives, God. With the opportunities you put in front of us and the way we live our lives, God. Because you're worth it. And everyone in the room, let's just... Show God how much we love him. Let's declare this in the name of Jesus Christ as we say together, amen. Let's give it up for a great God this morning. Come on. Man, so powerful to worship with you and just to really be in that mindset today, you know, this, this special Sunday as we focus on missions. And I know that, that we're going to leave here inspired by what the people that we worship with each week, the, the ones that answered that call to just go out and share God with the world. We're just gonna leave here inspired and, and hopefully changed today. I hope you're ready for that. But before we get into that, I just wanna welcome you to Real Life Church. It's an honor to have you here in person. It's an honor to have you online. And I'm just wondering for our online folks, may, maybe we could get a little bit loud, a little bit rowdy and let them know that we are honored to worship with them. So can they hear you real quick? That's it. That's for you, Real Life Church Online. We love worshiping with you each week. Interact in those comments. Type in the comments. Throw up those likes and those hearts. We love having you here. And we love having you here in the room today. So before you have a seat, will you find someone around you? Maybe a new face. Maybe a familiar favorite. Make someone feel welcome before you have a seat. Go ahead. Don't be bashful. Awesome. And while everyone is connecting here in the room and hopefully you're connecting there in the chat, I just want to say again, welcome to Real Life Church. Huge shout out if you're brand new with us this week. Maybe that's brand new in the room. Maybe that's brand new online. I'd love to give you a couple of action steps. So if you're online, there's going to be a link in the comments you should be seeing right about now. Go ahead and click on that at your leisure. And if you're in the room, though, maybe a little bit more urgency to this one. Get those phones out if you've never done this before. Open up your messaging app and text RLNEW to 97000. Or open up your camera app. You can scan the QR code on the seat back directly in front of you. Either one of those three options takes you to the same place, to our follow-up team, who would love to hear your story this week, who would love to answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church, and who would love to see how can we be 
praying for you and your family this week. And, and maybe the coolest part of all that is all of that happens completely digitally. No one from real life will ever show up at your door unannounced. Praise God. All right. But man, we love having you here. I, I hope you'll do that. And I hope that maybe you're like two, three, four weeks in. Maybe you're maybe you're on the verge of a routine. Can I just encourage you? Keep that train rolling down the tracks. While you got your phone out, find your way over to the calendar app, pencil in 9.30 or 11 next week. We'd love to have you back and would love for you to just come hang out with us and join us on mission at Real Life Church. Before we get into that mission, though, I'd love for you in the room, stop by our New Here booth if you've never done that before. This might not be your first Sunday, but you haven't met us there yet. Come meet us today because we love to put a name to a face, and we do have a small gift for you, just as our way of saying thank you again so much for being here with us this week. All right, now the good part, the mission. This is Mission Sunday, and Real Life Church is on a mission each and every week, and we believe strongly that church is so much more than a Sunday morning. Don't get me wrong. It's a pretty exciting part of our week, a great part, maybe one of the highlights of the week, but it's more, right? Our mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose that's only found in Jesus. And I just want to encourage you today, if you feel like you don't have a purpose, if you feel like you are not currently planted here or anywhere, if you are searching, can I just encourage you, strike up a conversation with anybody that you've seen on stage this morning or anybody in the hub with the name tag. We would love to talk to you more about that today. Well, guys, this is Mission Sunday, and I, I know that you are going to leave here inspired and, because, let's be real, our mission team, their energy, their stories are infectious. They're contagious in all the best ways. So I'm going to stop so you can check this out. Here we go. Yes. 
And hey, give it up for our team who went to Columbia. Let's hear it for them and how they're awesome, their awesomeness. Um, so if you're just visiting us for the first time, like what's going on, it's Mission Sunday, and we are celebrating. We took a mission trip about a month ago. Um, Thirteen of us from real life um, hopped on a plane, went across the world, and really what I love about this team is they're just willing to kind of be used by God however he saw fit. And I know you can ask any one of us wearing these shirts or people who you see in these videos that you came home challenged, you came home changed by the heart and the faithfulness of the people in Colombia that we got to connect with, um, but also just the small glimpse you get when you travel across the world to see just how big God is and what he is doing. It's so cool to be a part of how he's moving across the world. Um, so I can tell you that some of the people from our team stepped way outside of their comfort zone to say yes to come on this trip, but really just to do whatever was needed. Um, most of them had never been on an international missions trip before. Many of us had little Spanish ability, um, and most would probably say that they did some things um, or were asked to do some things that were outside of their gifting or normal routines to kind of get that moment of being outside of the normal. But what I love about this team was their willingness, and they really, we left here praying the prayer in that song, Oceans, like, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk on the waters wherever you call me. Our team was willing. They were excited to do whatever God had called them to do. And so I also want to say thank you to so many of you who were here who were praying for us while we were traveling. Um, you were praying that God would use us, praying that God would move in our lives, praying that, you know, we could see how real life could connect and partner together in such really cool ways across the world. And just really that we could see God's name be made famous, whatever it is that he had us do. And I can tell you we felt your prayers. There were so many different situations and things where it's like, oh, this is going to work out? Oh, it totally did. So um, let's give it up for those of you who are prayer warriors back here at home. Let's give it up for everybody who's praying for us. You all truly paved the way for us to be able to go and do this, and so I'm so thankful for that. Um, and then lastly, let's give it up for our film team. Um, give it up for them. They're awesome. They made a couple of very outstanding videos that you're going to see, the one we just saw and another one coming up. So I'm thankful for them trying to capture a whole week into just a couple minutes is no easy task, and so I'm grateful for them. Um, but as you saw on this very short film, uh, film, <laughs> it's not a film, it's a video, it's fine. <laughs> Get a laugh from Jared, I knew that that would come. Um, this short production of a la Jared Taylor. Um, no, but we were able to build a lot of awesome relationships with different people while we were serving in Columbia. And we had some different areas that we kind of were able to do. So one was an after-school program where you saw us so up there like leading some games, giving a Bible message on faith, and just connecting with helping those kids to serve a meal with the team there was a really cool part of what we did. Um, we actually got to stay at, live at, um, and then help prepare physically a space for the discipleship school to begin at a new location there for some incoming students that actually started about a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago now. Um, but the discipleship school there is a place where you young people who are kind of post high school graduation can go and live on site there for about 12 weeks just to get training, one-on-one -on -one discipleship, and really to be challenged about how they could use their lives for the gospel and how they can use their lives to make a big difference for God, no matter whether they are going further on into full-time ministry internships or going to college or whatever. It's a cool place for them to stop and pause on what God has for them. They learn habits. They get one-on-one -on -one discipleship with an older Christian, um, and they have different visiting you know, professors, teachers, ministers, pastors, Christian leaders come in to teach different sessions each 
each of the 12 weeks on things like getting past your past and how to focus and follow God and how to understand the paternal heart of God and his heart and love for you. So it's a really cool ministry that they do there. Um, and then we also got to serve alongside the people at Cumbiba Norte, which is the church there that was planted about seven or eight years ago in the north side of Bogota. Um, what was challenging and cool about that place is that they're actually planted in a neighborhood of Bogota where there are a lot of um, people who have been displaced by guerrilla warfare in Venezuela. So they actually have a lot of outreach to Venezuelans in their community right there. Um, it's really cool. But we were able to go to their youth group, their Sunday morning gathering, and then also go to the soccer ministry that you saw up there. Um, where one of the leaders in the church had actually had on his heart to lead that school. And so it is true that we were able to do a lot of things while we were in Colombia, but I think the biggest impact um, on our team was being able to connect with those people who were there on the ground that we were able to connect with, both those who were serving God and also those who we had come to help them reach. Um, and one of those people who was serving God that we got to spend a lot of time with was a man named Hugo. Um, and he actually was down in Colombia when Sean and Rose went um, nine years ago. And so it was cool to get to see him again for them. Um, but for years and years, probably a decade plus, he led a camp ministry in Colombia called De Zero or Dio Zero. Dia Zero. Um, each year, thousands and thousands of kids who were far from God, did not know God, came to that camp um, and had the opportunity to hear the gospel. And so I remember Sean coming back from that trip in Colombia being like, this guy has the coolest job in the whole entire world. <laughs> he gets to go speak to these kids, be a part of challenging their life to follow God, and then bring them back to his home church to build a youth ministry there. So it was really cool um, to see how God built that ministry. Um, he did that underneath a man named Craig Lingo, who started a church there in Bogota called Combiba. Um, many decades ago. We're talking probably 50 years ago now, I think. Um, and so we got to connect with Hugo because he is now leading what is that discipleship school that's on the ground. But one of the nights that we kind of got together, he shared with us what God had been doing in his life over the past like six to 12 months or so. Um, and really in that time span, just about everything that he knew had been taken away from him. Um, he lost the camp ministry. Um, it got taken away kind of from administrative things behind the scenes. He lost Pastor Craig, um, who was his spiritual father, his mentor, and he passed away. He lost then his job because he was employed by the camp and working there, as well as the ministry that he had poured himself into for over a decade of time. Um, he lost his home as a result of that, and so it was really in a deep season of life going, God, what do you have for me? And his rawness and his vulnerability and willingness to share a glimpse of us into what God was doing in his time in, this time in his life and as what God has been showing him was extremely powerful to our team. Um, but as he had lost all those things, he ultimately lost kind of his identity, his worth. Who am I, God? What are you calling me to do in this season? What do you have for me? Because he had been used to week in and week out seeing these thousands of kids come to Christ doing this work in the ministry and now everything was gone. And what happened next really surprised me. So he kind of shared the backstory of this, and he said, I want to share with you a story from the Bible. Um, and I've heard a lot of Bible stories. I have been following Jesus for, you know, more than 20 years. And he said, um, I want to tell you, I have a question. Why did Jesus feed the 5,000? And I will tell you that the truth that he shared from this was mind-blowing for me. I've heard this story, you know, preached hundreds of times probably in my life. Um, but the way that he spun that wasn't something that he learned in a Bible college or read in a book. It was something that came out of a deep time in God's presence. At his bottom point, God was showing him, this is how you follow me. This is who I am to you. And so I want to share what he shared with us with you today. Um, so why did Jesus feed the 5,000? So we'll look in John 6, 5 through 13. It says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. And turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for, look at this, he already knew what he was going to do. 
Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. That's probably what I would say. Uh, And then Andrew, another disciple, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Hey, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. You're like, oh, promising. Maybe Andrew's got some faith. And then he says, but what good is that with this huge crowd? And so Jesus looked at them. He said, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat on a grassy slope, and it says that the men alone in the crowd numbered about 5,000. So we're guessing there's maybe 15 to 20,000 people there that day. And Jesus took those loaves and that little fish, um, and he gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Other versions, this miracle is actually accounted in all four Gospels. Other accounts say that he actually gave those small amount of fishes and loaves to the disciples so they could pass it out to all the people that were there. Um, It says, afterward, they did the same with the fish. And it says, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told the disciples, now gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. And they picked up the pieces, and don't miss this, they filled 12 baskets with the scraps that were left over by the people had eaten from those five barley loaves. So why did Jesus do this miracle? And yes, it's pretty obvious that there was like 15,000 people who needed lunch. So one reason why there was lots of hungry people, maybe. Um, But when you think about the perspective of those people who were just kind of following around Jesus, listening to a good talk, and then said, hey, they probably were like, man, good lunch. And then they went on their way. But what I don't want you to miss from this story is that before Jesus asked the disciples what to do, he had a plan to feed the people. And in the midst of that, the disciples were given a choice. Do they want to play a part in the kingdom of God? Do they want to be a part of seeing what God can do up close and personal? And they had to make a choice. It says there in the account, like, they had to take those few loaves and breads and take a step of faith to say, okay, I'm going to start passing it out and see what happens. And maybe only five people are getting lunch today and everyone else is going to be mad at me. They had to take that step of believing in Jesus. And I will tell you that in their willingness, we see they got to be a part of an important, incredible miracle of God. And I'll tell you in what Hugo shared with us that gives me goosebumps still this day is the reason that Jesus fed 5,000 plus people on that day was so that his disciples, his closest friends and followers, those 12 people could get a front row seat to the power of God. Because there's 20,000 people who got to eat lunch that day. But those 12 people, whenever they hit their rock bottom time, whenever Jesus was eventually killed and they had to face whether they had faith or not, they could look back and remember and say, but no, my God has power to do anything. And they got to be a part of that miracle. Hugo was just so vulnerable in sharing and inviting us into that space where he was at that rock bottom moment. And he had to remember that it's when I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus, I get to be front row to this miracle. You know, because what's crazy about Hugo is that for years he was in a role where he was giving people bread. Thousands and thousands of people, he was just giving the gospel, giving the gospel, giving the gospel, and helping with some discipleship and some follow-up and things through his church. But he was giving the bread, and all of a sudden when that was gone, he realized the power of not building big ministries for God, but what happens when you build a few willing big people for God who have faith to follow him and do anything. And it's through that miracle that God showed the disciple his power. And I'll challenge you today is that you're going to hear just a little glimpse of the stories of how people's lives were attracted on this trip. But today is your lucky day because you get to come here and have a front row seat to the power of God working through other people. You get to see firsthand how he's moving in our lives and he's challenging us with our faith to say like, man, I know when I walked away from Hugo's story, I said, I want to do something 
in my life that I can say only God could have done that. Diane can't get thou that done. It's impossible without God today. And, you know, it's just challenging to be around people with such big faith to see what God is doing. Um, And so what I want to say is you're getting to see that miracle today. But let me give you one quick challenge is that God is writing a story in your life, too. And maybe your story starts with sitting here today and hearing this. Maybe your story has been being written for a long time. And God has something powerful about that. But don't let your story end here. Because God has called you, just like he called us to go to Columbia, he calls us to go to our neighbor's house, he calls us to be people who are bringing the gospel. It says in John 20, 21, again he said, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And God is looking for your willingness today to say yes to what he's calling you to do. Your story of God doesn't end with you, it starts there. And so whether you go to Columbia or Timbuktu, you've been sent and you have a story to tell because sending us out to tell the gospel is the heart of God. From the very beginning call of Abraham to go to a land he didn't know to the commission of Jesus to teach obedience across to every person, all of creation, God's heart is for people to hear about his word. And so I'll ask you a challenging question today. If God called you right now to to go, to quit your job, to stop what you're doing, to change your school plans, to make a big change for him, would you be willing to say yes? And he doesn't always ask you the big ask, but there might be some people in here today that he's asking the big ask. Maybe you need to surrender to ministry. Maybe you need to go to the mission field. Maybe you need to do something big for God that he's stirring in you today. Um, Would you be willing to go? I can tell you what it looked like for me. I was 19 years old, and I was sitting in the middle back of a chapel at a youth camp in Arkansas at John Brown University. And two young men at the time, they're older now. I follow them on Instagram. They're really cool guys named Moses and Tagush, who were Kenyans, who were working with the ministry there, got up on stage at the camp, and they asked this one question. And they said, if God sent his son here to earth to save you, then why can't you go and tell others about him? And so my challenge for you today is if you get a chance to go on a trip, go. Be a person who says yes to God. But if you don't go on a trip, as you're living every day, Matthew 28 says, as you are going, be on mission. When you go to the grocery store, when you go to your work, when you go as you're going, when you're changing diapers for Jesus, be on mission with the gospel. Because your life is meant to be used to run a rescue mission from hell. Um, it's a bigger story than us. It's a bigger than me. It's bigger than you. And as our team had the honor of sharing in what we learned from the faith in the Colombians and how God is using them to shape up us, I'm praying that that heart of missions starts here at Real Life, runs out to revival across the world. And so we want to bring that big and bold faith we experienced back here so we can shape our lives to be changed in a way only God can do. Thank you. I had no expectations uh, coming on this trip to Bogota. Um, I've only been out of the country once before, and that was to a resort in Mexico. Uh, So coming on an international missions trip to Colombia, I literally had no idea what to expect. Coming into this week, I was expecting it to be the same experience as I had back in 2013 when I came down here um, with the church. I was also a little disappointed that I didn't get to have a new stamp in my passport. (laughs) I thought God was gonna show me something big, life-changing, something I should have done, or something I'm supposed to do, very specific. I guess I hoped to get a little bit of perspective and kind of be more appreciative of the things that I had. Um, And honestly, I just hoped that I could help somehow. Uh, I like soccer, I like instruction. I heard they were doing both those things, so I just hoped I could be some sort of a help. 
I actually only focused on the work that needed to be accomplished and expected we'd spend the entire time doing work. What I didn't expect and was pleasantly surprised to find is that I formed very strong relationships with people who don't even speak the same language as I do. And we were able to communicate and it, it was amazing to be part of that. But God showed me that he can do a new thing in the same place. And he also showed me that a lot of the relationships and the people that I had met nine years ago when I first came down, I was able to reconnect with those people and they remembered me and they welcomed me home like I was, like I was family. And that made, has made this trip even sweeter. God has shown me that healing is in his timing, that his promises never fail, and to let God's timing be God's timing, not force my timing or my own plans or expectations of what He wants from me. God has shown me that all it takes is just to show up. You can go run around on a football field, being bad at football, not doing anything productive, but you're still making a difference in someone's life just because you showed up. Well, I think truly what God has really shown me is how big He truly is. I mean, I always realize we have a big God, but the fact that we come to a country where I was fearful that we would be able to communicate with these people, God showed me that Language was no problem whatsoever. We, you know, I had my struggles like anyone would with the language that I don't know a lot of Spanish, but God showed us that we were able, He's able to, to break that barrier. God has shown me that I need to surrender to Him and His will, and also that connection is so important in just a short amount of time. The amount of people that I have grown closer to and um, just gotten to know has been phenomenal. I think the biggest thing that God has shown me is just the breadth of the kingdom. Mission has always been like something far away to me and to actually like be there on the ground being part of it was just really huge and to be embraced as brothers and sisters in Christ um, as we showed up by every single person just to just really like solidified in my mind that like missions even though they are away from us we are all together which was kind of cool. Sometimes I feel like we're trapped in our own bubble uh, when we're worshiping in, in, uh, in Belton, Missouri or uh, you know anywhere in the United States in our own churches but when we come over here and we see you know, the, the singularity and the uniformity of, of the church and of the people all worshiping the same God across language barriers, um, it's, it's truly phenomenal and it has really opened my eyes uh, to the work that God is doing in Colombia and across the world. God is good, isn't he? Come on. Holy smokes. You know, the more I think about this trip, um, man, the better God is. And so I want to say thank you to everybody on this trip. And I want to say thank you to Brooke who made this video. This is our first big time video for real life. Come on, Brooke. Man. But uh, the stories, I mean, it's like peeling back an onion. And uh, when you see it up close and personal and you see Jesus do the miracle, it's hard to describe all the nuances of what God did in our hearts. But we're going to do our best shot today. And I want to invite somebody up on the stage that, uh, I mean, God was just moving in. And I was really kind of uh, just really proud of um, this uh, really, I guess he's not a young man. I guess he's a young man. Um, but just saying yes. I mean, every opportunity, I had no idea. This guy's man, so gifted. Uh, by the time he's done speaking today, you're like, this boy's going to be a preacher. So give it up for Brandon. Come on up here, big boy. Love you, baby. Thank you, Sean. And uh, if you're not careful, I might break out a come on somebody if I'm feeling it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, um, if you guys do not know me, my name is Brandon Keel, and I serve on the uh, Connection team here at Real Life Church, so really glad you guys are here to hear uh, this story. 
Um, and you guys heard a lot of stories there up on the video. Uh, shout out to Brooke again for uh, putting together such a great video. Um, but this is actually Brooke and I's story, so we're, this is us together. Um, the prompts that, that we were given are, you know, describe the most impactful moment from our trip, uh, and then, you know, what is something that we were still wrestling with uh, from the trip that we took about a month ago? So, you know, I'll kind of start, you know, there were so many impactful moments on the trip, um, from soccer goals to worshiping in Spanish uh, to literally being on top of a mountain. Um, however, what continues to stand out to Brooke and I is Hugo's testimony, um, which was the reason we were all there in the first place. Um, Diane covered a lot of his story uh, in, in her, her message. Um, and as she mentioned, you know, uh, Hugo Mario Rodriguez, he manages La Escuela de Entrenamiento Cristiano, uh, which is the discipleship school that he had created a vision for many, many years ago. Fast forward to just a few months ago, uh, where in the span of just two weeks, Hugo lost his job, his home, and his best friend, which was almost enough to break him. Almost. On our last night in Colombia, Hugo shared with us the words of Psalms 46.10, which read, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. These are the words that kept Hugo going. <clears throat> For he knew that even though all this had happened, God is still God. His plan is greater than anything Hugo could have devised in that trial of life, and he remained patient to let God lead him out of the darkness. Out of the darkness and into a whole new chapter of his ministry, La Escuela de Entrenamiento Cristiano. So this story hit Brooke and I like a train that night, and it drove us to reflect on our own journeys of faith. 2021 was a very challenging year for Brooke and I, uh, full of situations that forced us out of our comfort zone. One of those situations was stepping into real-life church for the very first time. Uh, we had been living in Belton uh, for six months uh, prior to that day, uh, literally across the street in the Georgia Place, uh, Georgia Place development. Um, and it was that step of faith that changed our outlook on the entire year, the entire year of struggle, uh, loss, and trial. We were home. The opportunity arose to join Real Life on an international mission trip. And after some discussion, and by some I mean a lot of discussion, uh, we felt like there was no better way to go all in with Real Life Church than to say yes. That's the theme of our message today, right? To say yes. The months leading up to the trip were filled with excitement, fear, uncertainty, and for lack of a better word, faith. Which leads us back to Hugo. Do we have a Hugo-sized amount of faith uh, when times are hard? Will we look up instead of down when we are faced with adversity in life? And will we continue to love each other immensely in the bad times as well as the good? These are the questions that Brooke and I are continuing to wrestle with as we move forward from this small glimpse into Hugo's life and ministry. If nothing else, when we face that next trial in life, let us not act in any other way than to be still and know that God is God. Thank you. Fantastic. Come on, this guy's going to be a preacher, isn't he? I'm just telling you. And uh, Jerry's excited. I like that. Um, but your heart is unreal, and it's always cool to see how God speaks through people. Of all the things on the trip, Hugo's man, story broke everybody's heart. And I, I love you're still wrestling with it because, you know, there's some tensions you never really get through. And you're like, but you got somebody on those sides. Like, man, their faith in God's huge. So thanks for sharing. I love it. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Brandon. Give it up one more time. Come on. Yeah, we were, me and Diane were like the old people on the trip. Like, uh, we've been on multiple international trips, and most of the people on the trips have, have never been 
international trip. And so it was a really, really unique experience. And uh, I want to say thank you to a few people. One is Scott Hudgens. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned Scott yet today. Uh, Scott planted Combiba Norte. He was a missionary in, uh, in Colombia, and he joined us on the trip. He's with uh, Mana Worldwide, and he came down and, and really kind of just led the trip, and we just kind of helped out. And uh, I want to say thank you to him. He's maybe watched online and uh, just did a fantastic job. So give it for Scott. Come on, let him know you love him. Fantastic. I'm sure we'll see a lot more of him. He actually lives in, uh, in Missouri, so uh, pretty cool stuff. I also say thank you to Diane. Uh, I was just doing the math on this. 19 years ago, uh, you said yes to Jesus at a camp, 2003, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it was the very same camp I said yes to Jesus and surrendered to him. No idea what God's going to do. And you fast forward almost two decades, and here we are as a church. And this is really our first, like, I want to say big boy missions trip. Like, we've had some smaller things. But to have a pretty good team and, and the partnership that we're with is incredible. And so uh, just having that vision and driving it, and just it is a step of faith. Uh, we were the first uh, church uh, to go on a missions trip to this place since covid and uh, it was incredible. And they, they're used to having a lot of people come down and, and, and partnerships and stuff. And all that stuff has changed with COVID and some change behind the scenes with Craig passing away. And so for us to show up, the look in, in Hugo's eyes was um, undescribable because he's been in such a season of loss. And I can relate to that in so many ways. And so when he's telling a story, it's like, holy freak, man. I mean, the presence of God and he's wrestled in the deep. And uh, just God's all over it. So I want to say thank you, Diane, for bringing us to that place where we could be an encouragement to other people and living on faith. So get up for Diane. Come on, love you, babe. Come on. Well, I'm going to do something crazy today. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, forget the notes. Can I do that? Is that okay for everybody? Come on, we're going to do that. Um, Diane said she's like a unicorn, and so she said, I took all your time. You're lucky. Good luck. And so I said, cool. Um, but I want to ask the question today, just really simply, why in the world would a bunch of us gringos go from here in Cass County, come on somebody, to Columbia, South America. Why, why in the world would we do this? And it sounds like a really like, oh, you know, that's what people do, it's missions, whatever. But why would we, like what's the heartbeat behind this? Like it is, and the answer to this question is, is really uh, foundational to your Christian life. And how we answer this question is super important. And uh, I wanna encourage you, we did not go to really like, they didn't really need our help, come on somebody. Like, God's the God of Columbia. Like, he, he knows these people. He, he's he's going to provide all they need, and maybe it's through us. But the reality is we're not rescuing these people, amen? Uh, we, we didn't go down there because uh, they need our fantastic soccer skills. Come on, somebody. Uh, you saw the video. Yeah. You saw a grande gringo. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> these pe- you guys are so proud of beating these little kids. <laughs> I love it. You guys are awesome. There were some... There were some older guys we played, uh, one of which, check this picture out. We had a lot of fun, and uh, we, we were up there running around. It's 9,000 feet, been there a few days, and uh, man, we were sucking wind, and they were just going crazy. Uh, but we're playing. I'm, I'm a little competitive. Anybody competitive out there? Just a little bit? If you didn't raise your hand, then you're definitely not. That's cool. Scott, dude, you're right here. I know you're competitive. <laughs> so so, they, so Diane's like, watch out. Sean's going to play. And I learned a long time ago on anything you do on a missions trip or you do for God, when people say, hey, you want to do it? You just jump in, right? And I'm kind of obligated as the pastor. You got that look, like, okay. So I jump in, and uh, it gets a little more heated. And there's this, it, we play different age groups because the, the, the gringos came down. So it's gringos versus all the Colombians, which, of course, you know, it's great. So it's just demolished. And so anyway, there's this guy, this right hand in blue, his name is Rodrigo. And uh, he is the coach of the team. It's really cool. He was a deacon in Conviva Norte, the church that we served in that, that Scott planted. And then he was sent out, like they released, to give him permission to do the soccer ministry he'd been just dying to do, but didn't have the opportunity to take the step of faith for a while, and God opened doors during COVID. So he's been doing this every Saturday and Sunday 
for, for a year, year and a half, and some of these kids come in, it's incredible. And uh, so anyway, we're playing. He's really good, obviously, so we got up on each other. And so check out this next picture. This is awesome. So I said, it's, I'm, I'm done with this guy. So if you notice, just look ahead. That is all ball. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was a, a topic of debate. So anyway, next picture. That's right. He went down. That's how it went down. Thank God he didn't break his ACL or something silly. Man, that'd be bad. And then next, I just stepped on him. I got on up. I was like, I'm out of here. All right, that's not what happened. You guys think I'm serious about this. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't kill him, right? But so we were playing the game, whatever, and I, I didn't really realize how crazy this moment was because when I slid tackle and got the ball first and then him, um, saying, the whole crowd erupts. I mean, there's the people in silence, oh, this is crazy. And he starts screaming, and I don't know what he's saying because it's, I'm terrible at Spanish, by the way. If God can use me, come on, somebody. <laughs> he can use anybody. And so literally he's screaming, I'm 55. <laughs> I'm 55. I'm like, oh, I love this guy. Which is really, this all ties in, I promise you. I'm not just going on a rampage here. So at this soccer camp, this is the most like, powerful moment for me the, the whole trip. We didn't really know exactly what we were doing. They said, hey, Sean, you want to speak? I said, yeah, sure, you know, like, I speak every week. I love to support you guys if you want to speak. But, hey, Sean, why don't you speak? Okay. So I go to this camp. This is Saturday morning. I go to soccer school. And uh, I jump into their, their warm-up. By the way, Scott's a coach. He understands warm-ups, okay? Well, I wasn't prepared for their warm-up. Like I said, I'm not in that shape. And so it's like planks. It was like 45 minutes of just, like, brutality. I think they saw us. They're like, let's just kill them, you know? And um, Christian, where are you at, Christian? In the back. He did everything. I was impressed. He actually, I stopped. They started running. I was like, I'm done, man. Like, and all the, all the Columbians looking at you like, oh, you can't do it. And it's like, you're not even doing it. What are you yelling at me for? Um, anyway, it was fun. Uh, but this guy next to me named Raphael, he's a young man. He's 17 years old. And he just had this divine flow. Like, for some reason, he just was like, God had placed us together in the circle, right? And we just kind of connected. So all day, uh, especially after I took down coach, he started calling me Messi, right? And he was Ronaldo and whatever. And uh, so I said, let's invite this guy to church. And I can't speak Spanish, so I said, Scott, hey, come here. Can you help me invite this guy to youth group? Help me invite this guy to church tomorrow. So he invites him out to come Viva Norte to the youth group. And sure enough, Saturday night, this boy shows up for the first time to youth group. Come on, somebody, right? That's exciting. I'm like, dude, like God just did something, and uh, I had no idea I was going to play a part of the story at all. He shows up with his girlfriend. And so I'm like, this is awesome. But I wrote this message, and I was like, man, if this guy shows up, this message is going to go sideways, and I'm going to talk to this guy from the stage. Well, here comes Raphael Sunday morning. It's like five minutes before it starts, and he comes in with his girlfriend. I'm like, this is awesome. Because the church is a, is a little smaller church. It's about 30 people or so. And I'm like, man, we love it when new people come to church. Amen. That's amen for us too, right? And, and we love to reach people, and we love just seeing God move, and we're so excited, Raphael's here. And he's like, what, you know? And so I just am bragging on him and bragging on the church and, and sharing the heartbeat. Because this, this is missions, amen, reaching people. And then we get to be at church, and there's a guy that no needs Jesus who just went to church, who's part of a just like, oh, this is awesome. And so I preached this message, and you got to know something about Raphael. Raphael, 17, he grew up in outskirts in the farmlands of Bogota. Bogota is like 12 million, okay? We're talking about New York City. It's, it's huge. But he lives out in, in, in what we call the coffee land. And the, there's these guerrilla militia, okay? There's different political parties, different things people are mad about. And so the guerrilla militia is very real. And at the time, they were, they were pushing in. And so they took over his house, and they kidnapped his dad. And so he ran with his mom. They fleed, and they came back a week later, and the place is occupied. They found their dad escaped. He was put in, uh, he was taken prisoner. He escaped, and they met up, and they lost everything. The, fam the house is gone. Their stuff's gone, and they just walked away and went to Bogota. 
inside Bogota, they slept on, on cardboard boxes. And uh, I can't imagine being 10 years old. I can't imagine my family. I could imagine being that age and how scared and, and frustrated and all these things that you'd feel in that moment and so helpless. And so they end up getting an inheritance about a year later. They've been cleaning mopeds and everything they can to survive. The average person in, in, in Colombia makes $250 U.S. dollars a year, I mean a month. So it's $3,000 a year is what somebody lives on. And so it's, it's very minimal compared to what we have. But this kid's attitude is great, and I can't believe we're hearing the story. And so he goes on to say they get this inheritance of another house, and the guerrilla warfare comes that direction. They took over that property as well, lose everything again. So this young man has been through, like, so much trauma and loss, more than probably hundreds of people have been through at 17 years old. And I just see this man, and his heart is broken, it's open. And so this man came to Christ that Sunday. Amen? It's exciting. I mean, it's like, wow, this is incredible. And so he goes back to the back, and in that back room, there is four people. Uh, like I said, we're making this up, so this is a good time for keys. We're just going to go with that. I love it. I'm telling you, man, we're off the cuff. But he would go back to his back room, and when we're back there, they're sharing the gospel again, walking through the, the story and hearing his story. And it was such an incredible moment because here in this room, Scott Hudgens comes in, okay? And then Rodrigo comes in, and there's three old ladies that have received Christ, and they're working with these people. And I said, man, you got to stop. I said, we need to, I need to explain something. This is incredible. This is, about, this is how the God works. Okay, I talk about why missions, right? This is how God works. I looked at Scott, and I, I pointed to him, and I said, some people plant. Come on, somebody. He literally planted a church, right? Talk about the Bible's a verse, like plant seeds, you know, like you plant your life. I said, some people plant. I said, some people water. And I pointed at Rodrigo, who had taken the step of faith. See, most churches wouldn't do what they did. They gave him permission to, to follow God for the kingdom. See, he was ahead of their hospitality for years at Conviva Norte. And he is faithful to God. He's one of those people that, you know, are on your team, you're like, they got it, right? And he goes out and he starts this ministry on Saturdays and Sundays. Can't be a part of the leadership, do stuff because it's the time frame. But he goes out and he, he waters the soil. Raphael had been going to the soccer school for about three months. And so I show up and I get to play like small part of the story. The part that everybody talks about. Like, oh, you led him to Christ. I didn't do nothing, dude. I just showed up and pointed. And so I came up on stage and got to tell people about Jesus. and got to play soccer, look like a fool, and slide tackle a guy. And this guy comes to Christ. And I said, some people harvest, but God brings the increase. Amen? And, and that, that's missions. And the reality is the reason we do this is because God loves all people. The gospel doesn't stop, God forbid, at our address. And the gospel doesn't stop at your address or our, or, or our county or our state or our country or even the border to Colombia, the gospel's for all people everywhere, amen? And a lot of people say, well, why aren't we helping people here? Well, we are helping people here. But Jesus died for people there as well. And so it's a both and, not an either or. Come on, somebody. Like, we're called to make an international difference as well. And the vision for this is huge. And I believe God is just asking you to be willing to be part of the story. Braden said it so well in his video. He said, it's amazing what God can do when you just show up, when you just show up. And so the question I ask today is, are you willing to be part of the story? I'll give you one verse. I can't leave that verse. Acts chapter 9, check this out, verse 15. It says this, but the Lord said to Ananias, to get the context, he's a disciple. This Paul is on the road to Damascus. He's been blinded by light. He's got scales on his face, over his eyes. He can't see. He knows he's, Jesus has done this. He said, who are you, Lord? He says, I, Jesus, who you persecute. And that's where Paul pooped his pants. Come on, somebody, right? He's freaking out. He's blinded, and then God speaks to Ananias. He's a disciple, a head disciple, and he says, look, I need to do something. He says, go 
this man is my what? Help me out. My, he says, this man is my chosen man. Paul is my chosen instrument, Ananias. Like there's a reason he's blind. I know he's persecuted and killed Christians. He actually went to the leadership in Jerusalem so he can get papers and he can convict and he can arrest and he can kill the way, kill the Christians. And so Ananias is freaking out, but he says, no, no, this is my chosen instrument. He's my chosen vessel. And I want you to know today that God has chosen you, amen? That you are an instrument in the hand of Redeemer. And a scalpel never gets to tell the surgeon where to cut. And so if your life is like, oh, I don't measure up, or oh, I'm not good enough, or, or I'm not qualified, or I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, you just, all you have to do for God is to open your hands and say, God, just use my life. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, but God, I'm willing to go. I'll just show up. And you just begin to say yes to Jesus. I had no idea that you're saying yes to this trip. I was really busy at the Hope Center. I promise you, I planned zero of this trip. Come on, somebody, right? You can tell, they didn't, you know, right? Like, because Diane did such a good job, right? But I just showed up, I had no idea what's going on. I said yes to playing soccer. Come on, somebody. You, grande gringo, right? And God used it. He put me next to somebody just to bring the word of God and share it. Just amazing how God works. But just by being willing, just saying yes to Jesus. And I want you to think, think about this really deeply because this is super significant for your walk with Christ. If God were to speak to you today and say, I want you to sell everything and give it to the poor, I want you to go to a land that I have not shown you yet, would you say yes? Because here's the deal. Jesus is either Lord of all or not at all. If there's something in front of God, you don't serve God, you serve it. And this always reminds me on trips like this of how I need to have bigger and bolder faith. That I shouldn't be saying, oh, this and this. God, you're on the throne. And God, I trust you. One of the greatest things you can do today or sometime soon is to find somebody that went on this trip and say, what did God show you? I wish, I do not have time. I should make a series. I do not have time to tell you all the amazing things that God has shown me in my heart on this trip. I learned a lot. I've been challenged about family. I've been challenged about vision. I've been, I've been challenged about faith. I've been challenged about international missions or church. I could go on and on. And I know you don't want me to. Come on, somebody, right? Not this moment. But I just challenge you, like, you're not gonna get the heart of this unless you play a part of the story. And so we're talking about missions. Like, yes, some of you are called to go and some of you are called to pray and some, some of you are called to give. Some of you are called to pay, play a part of the story. And I'm gonna tell you what's going on in Columbia. This is amazing. You heard the story about how these things have changed and there's a backstory to all that. And it's, 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 it's God's will, but it's also frustrating, it's difficult. And they're a very difficult season. You talk about having a camp that ran 20,000 kids a, a summer, to all that gone. And their church is now struggling with evangelism because they had this camp funneling people in, it's gone. And there's a lot of loss in the season for them. But God, come on somebody, is starting something new. It's like day zero again for them. And for years and years and years, this group has been on my mind. The reason we're on this trip is because I just, I, I'd seen some mission stuff. I referred to Columbia. This is, we launched this church because of the mission trip that happened in 2013 when I went to Columbia. The heart of this church came from the heart of Craig Lingo. We, we started this church or this, the trip when Craig Lingo was alive and well. Come on, somebody. The camps were going and everything has changed. And here we have an opportunity as a church to support and believe in and encourage and strengthen, not rescue, but partner with a church around the world that is gonna tear up Columbia for Jesus, amen? 
And their goal, and they're going to, is relaunching these camp ministries in a different way. And, and they reach masses. And they make, what they, his thought on disciple making about the, the, that miracle was for the disciples and not for the 5,000, that is a, uh, a 4.0 level of being with Jesus. That is deep thought. I mean, I've read a lot of books on disciple making, and this, this dude blew my mind, right? And just because he's walked with Jesus. And so we're missing opportunity if we don't play a part of, of this. And so as a church, we're partnering with them. I'm inviting you to play a part of the story. Uh, if you want, to, you want to give to this, or we're going to go on trips, two or three trips a year, and we're just going to be open-handed and say, we're behind your vision, we support you, we love you. I want you guys to play a part of that. I want you to be surrendered to what God wants our church to do. And missions isn't just out in Columbia. Come on, somebody. It's right across the street, amen? Right right, right there in Georgia Place, right? Is that what he said, right? The, this guy, he, we need to go out to Georgia Place because more brain is in Georgia Place. Come on, right? Like, we have to reach people where we're at. And so where you work, where you live, where you study, and where you play, you make disciples, amen? So when you go home today, your disciples are your kids and your spouse, amen? And everybody else lives in your house. It's gonna be some crazy up in here, right? Or, or, or it's the people you, you work with, or the people you go to school with. Like, that's what we're called to do today. That's, that's the takeaway. Like, who are we gonna come back with next week? Who, who do we pour into? Are you a disciple maker? And so when you get to heaven, I believe Jesus is gonna ask some questions to you. Now, I don't think he's gonna ask you, how big was your 401k? Uh, did you have a big house? Uh, how'd, you, how'd you do it in 80 hours a week? I know you had to work really hard. How, how'd you do it? Because I know you had to do it all on your own. How'd it work out for you? He's not gonna ask you who you voted for. He's definitely not gonna ask you, which I think, I, I wish he did, right? How'd she drive, right? How'd she drive? You know what I'm talking about? You guys got those things we all do, right? It's like, man, I love that thing. He's not gonna ask that. He's not gonna ask if you're vaccinated. He's not asking about your political party. He, he's gonna ask you, who did you bring with you? Who'd you bring with you? See, the gospel's for all people. I, w- I don't wanna get to, the, to heaven one day and be like, man, I missed an opportunity. And what's really cool is that one day I get to go to heaven, I get to see a man named Raphael, amen? And I get to be like, I played just a little part of your story, bro. Not a big part, just a very little part of the story. I believe just to ask you, who, who are your disciples? Who, who, who'd you pour into? Who did you give all of your life away to? And that's what's intriguing about Ugo's story because he had the prime, amazing job. He would preach at a camp and they'd go and get to lead these people. And now he's like, you know what? I wanna create big people. I wanna pour all my heart into a few people. And this discipleship program is gonna produce leaders. And so I'm excited to be part of that story. That's something we have to learn from them, amen? Like how can we produce even healthier and stronger leaders for the next generation? And I'm excited to see what God's gonna do. And so I was gonna ask you guys, are you willing today? Are you willing to play part of the story? Are you willing to surrender? I mean, 19 years ago, Diane surrendered at a camp, and we get to play a part of the story. There wasn't anything complicated here. We just said, God, just, just do what you want to do. Do what you do best because you're in charge. I don't know what I'm doing, but God, you can do it. And the Bible says, when you have the fear of the Lord, when you're humble, by the way, it's like you should be humble than perfect. Come on, somebody. I've tried to be perfect. If you find somebody that's amazing, right? But it's easy to be humble and say, God, you just use my life. We can submit to him, and God's going to direct your steps. I mean, this, this is a story that God wants to write in your life today. When you submit to him, the fear of God, God brings the increase. Do you believe God wants his church to grow? Amen? Did he just die for us? No, 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 he died for everybody. And so today, like, we get to play a part of the story. So don't miss those opportunities at Walmart aisle three. Come on, somebody. To share about Jesus or invite them to church or play a part of the story or care for their needs and point them to Jesus, amen? Like, this isn't just about going across the world, it's about going across the street. And so today, I want you to pray with me. Father, come before you. God, we thank you so much you did across the world. Man, there's just so much we could say, 
And God, I just uh, lay this at your feet. And I pray that today we'd be willing to be used by you. God, that we would just say, God, I'm, I, I'm surrendered. God, I, I have nowhere else to go but to you. I don't have, I can't, my best play isn't even that good. And so today, maybe there's somebody in the house that would say, you know what, I need to surrender to Jesus. Maybe I've never done this or it's been a long time. I've kind of taken back what I've given him. And maybe today I just need to be all in for Jesus. And if that's you, let him be looking around. We just put your hand there and say, I'm surrendered to Jesus today. We just put the hands up. This is your moment to Jesus. Come on, I'm surrendered. I'm all in. And I see your hands across this place. And I see them all over the place. Come on. This is you. Just say, God, I'm in. I'm in. You got me, God. You got me. I'm right here. Anything you want to do with my life, God, I want to serve you. God, this isn't about me. It's all about you. God, you see the hands, you know the hearts. God, I pray that we would be the most open-handed people in the world. God, call us out of the comfortable. God, call us out of the easy. Call us out of faithless living. God, give us bold faith. God, give us new territory. God, use us, pour us out, God. Just bring us into the, the, the will you have for us, God. Allow us to be the, 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 the people that move into the, into the world, God, and, and shine a light. God, let us be the brightest person for you at our jobs, at our schools. Allow us to live on a passionate mission for you. God, I pray you just do something in our hearts. We remind us, God, this isn't some, some moment on a Sunday morning, but this is a transformational moment that years and decades from now, I'll look back at this year in 2022 and say, this is the year God got my life. He had my heart, but he, he has my life. And so God used us to shape our city, to change our block, to change our family, that we found faithful to you, and that one day maybe somebody we get to pour into and say, man, but God is good. Even though all the hard seasons like Hugo, but God is faithful, and we can pour into the next generation. So help us, God, to make disciples, to, to be a witness, and to love on people. I'll pray for one more group of people, and that's those of you today that be like Raphael, man, that just need Jesus. Like you didn't even know you needed Jesus. And you maybe walked through some really difficult seasons, maybe you weren't even looking or maybe been searching, but today you recognize that you need Jesus to change your life, to shape you, that they're missing a piece. And you've seen it today that people found Jesus and that's compelled us to give and to go and to pray and to be on mission. You're like, man, I get part of the story that God's writing. The Bible says you believe in Jesus, you'll wipe out all your sins as far as east is from the west. You'll be forgiven and made new. So if you need Jesus today, if anybody looking around, maybe even online, just raise your hand high in this place. I'm not gonna call you out and embarrass you, but you know, I need Jesus today. Be like that in the house. I'm gonna follow Jesus, man. God's been speaking to me. I see your hand. Anybody else say, I need Jesus? Come on, I see your hand. Come on, I love, the, it's just such a global mission that God's not just a God of here, he's God there. And God's working through Raphael's story. I wish Raphael knew the story. Anybody else say, I need Jesus today? Come on. This is a moment for you. If you raise your hand, this prayer's not gonna save you, but you just pray his prayer to God with a, with a surrendered heart. Say, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for coming to my world and down across for my sin and loving me. God, surrender my life to you. God, you can have it. God, I believe in you. God, just save me. God, change me. Use my life. Praise Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give up those who came to Christ today. So exciting. So proud of you guys. So encouraging. Man, I'm telling you, I need to preach a whole series on this. I, I, I mean, time's way gone, but I love you guys. Man, great, great mission trip. Thank you so much. And that series coming, I guarantee it. And isn't it cool? Can we give Jesus a little praise this morning that people are being reached across the world, across the doors, across the community? If you're with us online or with us in person, and that was you today, you made that decision for Jesus, can I tell you that we're all in for you? We're so excited for you that you made that decision. If that's you, we've got a couple great next steps for you. The first one is let us know about your decision by texting RL next to 97000. What we'll do is we'll have a team member reach out to you over the phone 
Their whole job is just to get you connected, resource you, love you, help you in any way that we can. We want to get you plugged in here at Real Life, get you plugged into God's kingdom, wherever you end up. And we know we know that God's got something big for you, and so we want to be part of that. And we're so again, we're super excited for you. Second great next step is if you're with us in person on your way out of the worship center, at the back, there's some red bags inside. There's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. Grab one of those. They're free for you. There's just a great way to get started off on the right foot. For everybody else, Pastor Sean said several different things, but a couple great next steps are this, and they're easy. Number one, pray. All of us can pray. And we have so many things we can pray for right now that they just talked about, that Pastor Sean and Diane talked about. Number one, pray for Hugo. And the story this guy had of, of, of being sold out to God and then everything was ripped away. Hey, have you been there? And, that, and yet he didn't give up. He didn't lose his faith. He kept put, persevering and pushing forth. Another guy named Albero. These guys are giving everything to God because that's what God's called them to do. That's their passion. Pray for the discipleship school, the people that are going there. What an honor, just an opportunity to pray for these people. They're the next generation that God's going to use just to affect Columbia and maybe take missionaries out of Columbia to the rest of the world. Pray for our, continue to pray for our, uh, our missions team. And you guys did so great. So many of you guys committed to praying for the team that went and your guys' prayers were answered. They did a great job. And God used them just to make a difference right in Columbia, just serving the people that we were, we were going to, to hang out with and to serve. So they did a great job. So can I tell you that you guys' generosity is what God uses to push that mission forward? A lot of people, you know, hear about generosity and faithfulness, but, and they don't see the faces, they don't see the results. Look at these faces, look at these results. And God's used you and your faithfulness to do that. And you reach people across the, across the, across the, the, the 163rd, but you're going to reach Raphael's across the world. These are the guys that, this is why we do what we do. And think about what Raphael, nobody knew that guy. Nobody knew his story here. And you guys have had a small part of it. And that's going to be to your account. And so if you're new with this, can I, can I let you know, this isn't for you. We don't want anything from you. We want something for you. In fact, this gathering is our gift to you. But we would also love to hang out with you at the New Year booth on your way out. So again, thank you so much for being here. But if you call Real Life Home, and you connect your generosity here, there's still three ways that you can do that to affect the next Raphael. And it's by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use a cash or check, you can do that in the giving box at the back of the room or in the buckets as they pass. Can I also let you know, if you or your family find yourself in immediate need of food, clothing, or shelter, as these buckets pass, please feel free to reach in and grab any loose cash you see just to help your family in this time of need. Would you guys pray with me real quick? God, we come before you. God, just thank you for just opportunity to come before you and hear the great stories uh, of ministry that the team did and that the church at Conviva Norte are, are doing. God, just thank you for the faithfulness of men like Scott Hudgens and Hugo and even Craig Lingo. God, he lived a faithful life. I even got to hear some of his stories when I was in school. God, thank you for men and women that are faithful to your calling in your life. God, thank you for your people and their generosity. God, I pray that you take this, this money and these resources that they're giving back to you and use it in just amazing ways that we'll never understand this side of eternity. God, we lift up these things to you and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Man, what a powerful Sunday. Are you guys excited? Wasn't that awesome to hear just how God's working through missions across the world? Here's what I know. You get in, you have services like this and gatherings like this. God is moving in somebody's life here right now or online. And if that's you, if God, if God that little small tug in you and you're interested about missions, can I encourage you to take your next step? 
and it's by texting RL Missions to 97000. And maybe you don't know what God wants for you, or maybe you do, but take this opportunity to, to throw that text out, grab your phone, put that in right now, and we'll have a team member reach out to you, like Sean was talking about. We're going to take the opportunity to try to get two to three trips out. We want to partner with the church at Cone Viva Norte and their discipleship school. Uh, maybe you'll be the next church planning resident. So who knows what God's going to use through this. If you had any interest at all before and you couldn't make it for whatever reason, or now that God's opened up something in your heart, there will be future opportunities, and we can't wait to get you guys connected. So hit that text. We'll get connected with you. Hey, as we finish here, as always, if you need any prayer, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with pray with you for anything and everything. Can't wait to hang out with you guys either at 9.30 or 11 next week. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose.